views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Welcome to Cultural Brilliance Radio, the DNA of organizational excellence with Claudette Rowley. Conversations that are transforming the world of culture and business. Claudette brings fresh, innovative perspectives that push the boundaries of what organizational cultures can and should be. Learn how to catalyze your organization's workforce into an authentic, intentional, and financially successful culture. Now here's your host, Claudette Rowley. Actually, this is Claudette Rowley's show. And I got to tell you, I'm Dr. Pat. I help facilitate this dialogue with Claudette. And it's really an honor to be here with her. For those of you out there, this is an amazing and auspicious day today. It is a day that when we step back and we look at our lives, we ask ourselves the question, what am I passionate about in the world? What would I like to do more of? What would I like to bring forth? This is that day for Claudette. It's an honor and a privilege to be here with her uh, and to be able to say to all of you uh, that Claudette is Cultural Brilliance's CEO. That is a design uh, firm, a consulting firm about culture. And her years of experience, engagement with employees, uh, the, the facilitation of bringing a brilliant culture to the forefront is what she is passionate about. And so her work uh, for over 15 years has been in the world of working with people at all levels, whether it's, an, it's a CEO or an executive or whether it's someone that is, you know, on the front lines, believing in the excellence of their company. This is the work that she does. She is someone that works with teams and as a result of all of that is scripting a new narrative on culture called Cultural Brilliance. So this radio series and the idea of Cultural Brilliance Radio, the DNA of organizational excellence, is an idea whose time has come. Why? Because someone, someone at the very core, that person, Claudette Rowley, has literally looked at this and said, a change is needed. Today's show in particular is one that we're excited to do as you hear from her directly about what this means and how this conversation is changing. Because guess what? Today's show is conversations that matter. Real talk for real change. And that conversation starts within each of us. Claudette, I am so excited to be here today. Wow, right? Yeah, wow is right, Pat. I am so excited (laughs) to be here too. And it is an exciting day to be putting cultural brilliance out into the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to talk with you before we get, well, actually, it's not even before we get into the show topic. It's actually about the show topic. Um, You know, today we're looking at conversations that matter, but isn't sort of the birth of cultural brilliance really the essence of this, of bringing something real and authentic 
to the culture process and dialogue, right? How has this been for you to really define it, to look at it, and now to launch it? What has this been like? It's been really uh, it's been really exciting and eye-opening. One of the things that I was looking for, and you mentioned it earlier, was what's a problem that needs to be solved that I would enjoy helping solve? And one of you know, I've I've been consulting for 15 years, I've been coaching for 15 years, I worked internally before that. So I have a wide range of experience of being in inside organizations, outside organizations, working with lots of different cultures and in lots of different fields. And I noticed that, gosh, it was often the culture that was really causing pain in organizations. Or if it wasn't causing pain, it was holding the organization back from being as spectacular as it possibly could be and getting the best results it could be. And so that was something I really delved into and like, how can we, what's a different way to approach culture? Or as you were saying, what's a different narrative around culture that would open it up a little bit more so that organizations could begin to understand what's true and authentic about their cultures, begin to understand they could actually design a culture that would support their growth and evolution and their people and begin to integrate that. So it's really, it's opening up a different conversation and really a different way of looking at culture and seeing what's possible there. And let's say this, for those of you tuning in, check it out. Go to the website, culturalbrilliance.com. Check it out. Uh, This is such an expansive narrative uh, that Claudette started this radio series here. But more than that, it's really a way of introducing something that works. And let's talk a little bit about this because, you know, when we're talking about changing a conversation, because I think this is something you've said, change the conversation, change the culture. Uh, Many people would say, okay, yeah, that sounds great, but I don't even know where to begin. (laughs) And, and I know you do. Where do we begin? (laughs) Well, part part of one of the places we there, fortunately there are lots of different places one could begin, um, but a couple of the key ones are getting getting clear and honest about what are what the actual conversations in your culture and your organization. You know what's being talked about, what's not being talked about that perhaps should be talked about. Do people have yeah. deeper relational conversations where they really are able to connect with each other and solve real problems and come up with solutions that work and to be creative together? Or are there conversations just the generic, let's sit down to a meeting and exchange information? Or is it somewhere in the in between? So it's it's really about starting to understand for your particular organization, what actually needs to be talked about? What are the conversations you need to be having and perhaps aren't having? And what are the ones you're having that really are helping your com- your culture and helping your organization? Starting to understand what's going on there. Because it's true, you cannot change what you're not talking about. You know, this is really kind of, um, uh, it, it's this is exciting for a lot of reasons. And I think one of the reasons is that organizations have been, and and this is me saying this, but really over the past eight to 10 years, strapped by fear. And what I mean by that is, uh, yeah, I'd love to be able to have a conversation, but I'm afraid if I say blue and you say gray, I'm going to get fired. And we know what that does uh, to organizations because we could see it by the mad exodus that people are doing now uh, from the organizations that didn't really get what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and that's really kind of part of what we're talking about here today, that people can not only change the conversation, 
but engage other people in changing the conversation? How does one go about that? How do we get people engaged in doing this, so to speak? Someone has to start, right? Someone in an organization, yes. and ho- hopefully yep. it's it's the leader or someone in leadership. Uh, I mean, anybody can do it, but starts starts that, starts those kinds of conversations. Because what you described about, you know, oh, if I say, if I talk about blue and you say yellow, I'm going to get fired. You know, <laughs> right. there's that contraction and fear that people have. And, the, you know, once the people start contracting in fear, they do typically, most people stop talking. Mm. Um, or they stop talking in in direct ways, or they stop talking to the people that could actually make a change or they could collaborate with. So it's, you know, part of it's about the leader, the leadership, um, the mid-managers actually starting to model this, doing this, having these conversations. Like, let's have a different kind of conversation at our meeting today. What's really going on that we haven't talked about? Do we have any elephants in the room? You know, what have we perhaps been avoiding? What do you, what would you like to say that you're really nervous to say, you know, and of course you have to set safety, you know, emotional safety parameters around that kind of a conversation, but actually having that manager or leader open up a different conversation and see what happens. And you know what I love about this, Claudette, because one of the things I remember from my HR days is the case that we made to senior management that internal HR were not the people to do this. Because basically, we're just as afraid of everybody else. But bringing someone such as yourself into the organization, you pretty much get to be neutral in the process. So when you bring this conversation to the organizations, isn't it true that you can help create some parameters that people within the organization might not be able to do? Yeah, de- definitely, definitely. So, I, as an external person, right, you know, I'm I'm our I'm partnering with the client. I'm partnering with the client, whoever that client happens to be, and we're understanding, you know, why I'm coming in, you know, what my purpose is there, what I'm trying to achieve. So, yeah, it's it's a lot easier for me to help set parameters, help set you know ground rules around what's okay and what's not, and what's going to be emotionally safe in the conversation, because I'm not part of that particular system. And so it's a yeah. lot easier for an external. But the idea there, again, is that my job is to help is to work myself out of a job. Yeah. That team or that organization learns the skills they need to learn so that I can I leave. Right. And, and they go yeah. ahead on their own. Yeah. You know, uh, what I love is we're going to be talking about something I find fascinating just to listen to Claudette talk about. And that is what it means to decode your culture by listening. Decode your culture by listening. Why is this so important? Well, if you go take a look at the body of work on culture, you'll see that for the most part, people talk about what's below the iceberg. What Claudette does is her model of authenticity, design, and integration does bring to the surface those things that are below. And when we come back, we're going to talk about What is this decoding process? What has Claudette discovered? And why are we thrilled about the launch today? If you go look, culturalbrilliance.com. We'll be right back, everyone. It's that time of the year again. The Woman of Wisdom Fall Harvest Festival is right around the corner. 
Join us on October 1st from 10.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. at North Seattle Community College Conference Center. Admission is free. Festivities include arts and crafts, energy healers, intuitive readers, delicious food, and more. Don't miss this fun-filled event. For more information, visit womanofwisdom.org. That is womanofwisdom.org. And we'll see you there. Are you sick of feeling overworked with no motivation? Take a break from the daily grind. Life coach Nicole Eisler is here to provide a healing journey of optimism. Passionate and caring, Nicole is no ordinary soul. Her dedication to helping everyone has no limit. Witness the power of positivity. Tune in every first and third Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific for Positivity Party Radio with Nicole Eisler on Transformation Talk Radio. For more information, visit BigDreamAwakening.com. What is a brilliant culture? And how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you design a culture that is authentic, innovative, and successful. Learn how to create change with Cultural Brilliance Radio, the DNA of organizational excellence and Claudette Rowley. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit ClaudetteRowley.com. Hi, this is Leslie Fontaine, and my show is Sheer Alchemy on TransformationTalkRadio.com. When we're bogged down with our emotions, the hardships that plague us in our relationships, at work, our finances, we literally can't see the higher plane where we could be operating from. Tune in to Leslie Fontaine, Sheer Alchemy on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Get ready to experience Truth Talk Radio with host Deb Acker. Tune in to Truth Talk Radio each Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com to illuminate the truth in your daily life as you experience life, love, and abundance from a whole new perspective. This hit show will leave you feeling lighter and bring you into a place of infinite possibilities every day in every way. Visit TruthTalkRadioShow.com for upcoming transformative topics and guests. On the cutting edge of the new mainstream, Christine Upchurch is passionate about bringing together science, psychology, and spirituality in a way that can be applied to our everyday lives for true transformation. The Christine Upchurch Show, stellar conversations to illuminate your journey, engages some of the most outstanding visionaries on the planet in lively dialogue to inspire you to become that bright light you're meant to be. Join Christine every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW, AM 1150, and Transformation Time. Radio. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Uh, you know, uh, Claudette Rowley here with me. I'm Dr. Pat. And, you know, what I want to say is we get to talk about cultural brilliance and talk about it in many, many ways. You know, uh, Claudette has created, designed, and implemented what cultural brilliance is and has a fabulous process that she uses to work with organizations. And throughout this radio series, you get to hear us talk a ton about what this means to organization and what's possible. Uh, go to, and I just want to say, if you want to find out more, lots of information on the launch of Cultural Brilliance, you can go to culturalbrilliance.com. Uh, Claudette, 
decode your culture by listening. I just love the way that sounds. And yet at some level, it sounds so important and so hard if if we're not you. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us about decode. I mean, that is a fascinating word to me. Tell us about what that means to you and why that's important for changing the culture. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. It is so important. So one of the things that I find in organizations, as I'm sure most of us do, is that listening is sometimes really hard. That there'll be some people who are good listeners, absolutely. There'll be other people who really have a hard time listening closely to what's going on, to what people are telling them uh, or sharing with them, what's happening in a conversation. And so when we we start to, if we could, if you could turn into a, you know, become a fly on the wall in an organization, even if you work there, but for a few days or a week, you just took on the role as much as you could of listening to what was going on. You know, listening in meetings, listening to yourself in a conversation, listening to other conversations as appropriate, noticing how people interact with each other, noticing their body language, whatever you could notice, you'd probably start to either confirm some things about your culture that you already suspected, and you'd also probably notice and learn some things that maybe hadn't occurred to you before. So that's what I mean by decoding your culture by listening. It could be listening and observing, but really becoming that neutral observer and listener and noticing, noticing, noticing what you might not have observed before. You'll learn a lot from doing it. Yeah. And let's talk about what listening is and what it isn't. Uh, You know, I I remember the uh, um, uh, seven habits, right? The yep. the book that came out where, uh, you know, Stephen Covey talked about uh, literally redefine listening for us, but very few people are able to practice it in the world we live in. And I want to ask you about this too, because now we're living in the world, Claudette, of uh, the digital age. Mm-hmm. It's hard to even describe it. So listening or decoding really takes on way more faces uh, now than it ever did when Covey wrote that book. So can you help us understand what listening is and what listening is not? Yeah, happy to. So listening, listening means you need to, it's, I don't believe you can listen very well digitally in writing. (laughs) Right. So, yeah. So listening to, you know, what you think is happening in an email is probably going to get, probably going to get us in trouble because email doesn't have tone and we make assumptions and interpret things. So I think you need to be face-to-face with someone or on a phone call or through Skype or whatever it is, but you have to be able to verbally interact with someone in order to listen effectively. And so listening is actually literally, the way I think about it is I just listen. Like I don't plan what the next thing is I'm going to say. I don't start a commentary in the back of my mind. I open my ears and my mind up and just take in information that the other person is sharing with me. And by information, I mean their words, but we could, you know, mm-hmm. listening includes tone of voice. If you can see see them, it's body language. It's it's everything, you know, what they don't say. When do they pause? What's the energy like in your, their voice? So you can take in a lot of information by listening. And then part of listening is also then asking a great question after you've listened or, you know, or reflecting or reframing, but really yeah. making listening about the other person and not about what you're going to say next. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, let's talk about that because one of the things that, you know, we love to do is we love to, uh, you know, we're not really listening. We're just waiting to talk. Right. We're just waiting to talk. I was on a call the other day and 
the minute I started to say something, I think I got about four words out and the, the person just jumped in and, and it happened once. And I thought, okay, um, I, clearly I'm, I may have to repeat what I just said. And then it happened throughout the call. And I ended up just being quiet because, and I'm the one that was supposed to be providing them with information. And, you know, then someone said, well, everybody's talking over each other. And I thought that was not my understanding of the call. And you see how feelings get uh, involved in listening. I think we should talk about this for a minute, because if there is a form of communication going on, uh, and we all know that bullying in the workplace is happening, you know, like, like nobody's business, but doesn't this involve a way for people to either speak up or they go silent. Absolutely. Yeah. People yeah. will, people will speak up or they will, or all they'll decide to just go silent. They'll say they'll give up in the conversation essentially. Give up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They'll just give up. Well, or, you know what? I keep getting cut off or I don't feel like anybody's listening to me. So I'm just going to sit here and wait for this to be <laughs> over. It's a form of giving up in the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Cause it just might be easier in, in a certain situation. Uh, to do that, you know, or sometimes people, then there's the people who step up and say, you know what, it, for whatever reason, I'm noticing that in this conversation, you know, well, several of us keep cutting each other off. Can we come to an agreement that we're all going to finish our sentences before the next person speaks, something like that? So there, there are a lot of different ways to handle it, but my uh, my bias typically is to say something. You know, even if it's naming what you're noticing, what I'm noticing in this conversation is that we're having a lot of interrupting going on. Could we do this differently? Mm. And most people, mm. not always, of course, but many times people respond to that because it's not like everyone doesn't know that that's happening. <laughs> they all know what's happening right. and most people are irritated by it. <laughs> and, you know, in the workplace, isn't there then the emotion of people feeling like they're not being hurt? And, and, you know, let's talk about beyond the feeling for a moment, if we could. Um, this really affects the bottom line. Mm -hmm. I mean, if somebody is not speaking up, let's say about an issue, for example, I work for a software company. So, you know, if they're not talking about an issue that affects a deadline that affects delivery to a client. Mm -hmm. Boy, don't we want to facilitate this this environment in a little different way? We absolutely do. I mean, and th that happens in small ways every day in many organizations, right? And then we can think of the, 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 those scenarios that make the news, right? And we know that someone didn't talk to someone, didn't talk to someone, didn't talk to someone. And then suddenly, you know, Southwest Airlines loses their mainframe, right? And Delta has a huge problem and they both lost tons of money, right? Yeah. And yeah. potentially customers, yeah. depending on how things were handled, um, you know, space shuttle explosions and some of those famous stories around engineers, engineers actually knowing there was a problem, but no one would listen. So we can see it from the everyday, you know, small ways that businesses and organizations are losing money over to these examples of, you know, times when lives were lost or at least, you know, people were highly inconvenienced and tons of money was lost. So it it is huge when we don't listen. It's interesting because when we don't listen and hear what people have to say, over and over again, the, the same results occur. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. But right. yet it still continues to happen in a lot of ways. Right. Right. 
and and there is a skill for each of us to learn about decoding. Let's talk about that for a minute because you also you also do workshops, you do seminars, you know, you you also help people understand to how to learn a skill because this is a skill. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is something we can learn. Absolutely. Um, what, what do you find when you're sharing this and you're teaching people and you're in front doing either a training or a workshop or a webcast, whatever it is, you know, what do you find uh, from people that are participating? Are, are they just amazed that this is even possible for them to do? What's kind of the reaction from people? It's interesting. There's a really a range uh, depending on, you know, skills, abilities, experiences, So some people have kind of a natural ability to decode. You know, they pick up on organizational dynamics, just they're born that way, right? They can just do it. And then there are other people in the room for whom it's not that they can certainly learn it. It's just not as easy. It doesn't come as naturally. So usually see a gamut. Um, One of the things that almost always when I'm doing um, any kind of facilitation, managers and leaders will say, I am realizing based on what we talked about today that I have got uh-huh. to improve my listening skills. That's uh-huh. pretty universal. I realize that I mm-hmm. don't listen very well and I'm missing a lot of information. I'm not engaging in dialogue with my direct mm-hmm. reports or my teams mm-hmm. very well. Uh, I'm just, I'm being directive and I'm really not listening. And so they're missing and they start to understand how much information they're, they're missing. So they can't even get to decoding because they're not listening. Yeah. 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 And, you know, this is something we're going to talk about when we come back from break, too. But there is uh, various scenarios, isn't there, Claudette? What happens when we're not able to do this? Everything from uh, intergroup conflict to intragroup conflict, all of the above, you know, conflict, this thing that could essentially rise up. Mm-hmm. from not being able to do this. I'm sure you ha- have more stories than most about how that facilitates, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Maybe not yeah. more than most, but lots of stories, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I know I've been part of those uh, conversations myself. And, you know, yet uh, this is really an area that is so important to an organization's culture. And we're going to take a short break when we come back. Claudette's going to take us through what this means to have the role of mindset in conversation and how does the role of mindset in conversation lead to defining, defining an organization's culture. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Claudette rallies in the house. Yet cultural brilliance radio, the DNA of organizational excellence with Claudette rally. We'll be right back. Would you like to experience life-transforming adventures in personal expansion and world service? If you do, tune in to learn about magical innate abilities that you can develop and use to make your dreams come true. Joy Elaine is author of The Joy Chronicles, and she's inviting you and millions of others to join her in working with galactic masters, angels, and the Ashtar Command as they assist humanity and planet Earth to achieve their ultimate destination of ascension. For more information about this upcoming event and broadcast, visit joyalane.com. That's joy, 
E-L-A-I-N-E dot com. What is a brilliant culture? And how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you design a culture that is authentic, innovative, and successful. Learn how to create change with Cultural Brilliance Radio, the DNA of organizational excellence and Claudette Rowley. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit ClaudetteRowley.com. Francine Vale is a being of light. She believes that all people of planet Earth are as well. As co-host of the Angel Healer radio show, Francine teaches you heart-centered ways to manifest healing on your own behalf and how to integrate love more fully into your daily life. Connect with your angels as you find your life flowing with ease and harmony. Walk the path of light with Francine and Dr. Pat Basili every month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Beyond being this amazing neurologist, inventor, author, Dr. Dan Cohen has been called to look at technology and look at personal and spiritual development and merge these together. As technology uses the healing and psycho-spiritual effects of synchronized sounds, vibrations, electromagnetic fields, and how that interacts with us in our nervous system in what we're calling the Soltech chair. The Soltech Lounge induces profound levels of relaxation that transition over time into deep meditative states. The synchronized sound vibration and magnetic field induce these states. The subject doesn't have to work at it. To learn more, go to soltechwellbeing.com. That's S-O-L-T-E-C, well-being. Welcome back. And it's great to be here with Claudette. Claudette, um, before we kind of jump ahead and, and, and really talk about the role of mindset, can you tell folks the best way they can find out more about you? What happens if they're here in the show and they're thinking, I would love to bring her into, the, into my company? What's the best way for those folks to go about that? Sure. Thanks, Pat. So the uh, website is culturalbrilliance.com. And there's a contact form on there, my phone number, my email address, and I'd absolutely love to chat with anybody who's interested in uh, having me come in or finding out how I, we might be able to work together. I'd be happy to help. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. And we've got a lot more uh, to talk with Claudette about as this radio series continues to unfold uh, brilliantly, if I might say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and I love this next topic here. Um, I love uh, being able to hear how you talk about the role of mindset in conversation, because we talk a lot about mindset, but we rarely talk about mindset when we're talking about talking. Uh, why do you think that is? It's it's interesting. It's when I've, I've worked a lot with mindset over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. in a more public way. And before that, in my coaching, uh, executive coaching work, I would mm-hmm. talk about mindset all the time with, with individuals. And 
I think for a long time, it was this word that people thought it was a little too fuzzy, you know, oh, it's too fuzzy. <laughs> what you talking about mindset? We could talk about that in coaching privately, but I don't know if we want to talk about that publicly with the team. It seems to be gaining a little more public recognition now as an important yeah. piece. Um, Carol Dweck wrote a book called Mindset several years ago. She's a professor at Stanford and really put this idea of mindset on the map based on her research. Um, and I think we forget to talk about the fact that mindset is, by and large, driving most of our conversations because what we're thinking about, what we believe, the assumptions we're making aren't always conscious and we're not always aware of them, and they'll drive a lot of how we're reacting, particularly if we've gotten upset at all uh, we're feel- or we're feeling stressed. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's now even um, a fairly common term, right, where yeah. in the past, mindset was uh, not really discussed. You know, the synonym, I guess, or the, the way people talked about this was attitude, Mm-hmm. And when you talk about attitude, it's like a hot button word. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you know this and I know this. You talk to somebody about their attitude and your, you know, HR would say to you, wait a minute, that's not a measurable thing to put on anybody's performance review attitude. Mm-hmm. And so I think those two attitude and mindset get confused, but I'm not quite sure they're the same. I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. I don't think they're the same either. They have, of course, some overlap. Um, attitude tends to be more, you know, you have a positive attitude, you have a negative attitude, really, it's how, you're <laughs> com- how you're coming across externally to other people. Whereas mindset is, it, as it sounds, it's in your mind. And it's that's not always obvious to other people. And if you think about it, it may not be obvious to you, you know, until you stop and reflect. But the mindset's about what it's, I think of it as your own, it's like your own little inner culture. So we think about, you know, culture and organizations as, you know, what are our assumptions and what, what are we believing about what the organization values and expects? And mindset's like is, is kind of an individual internal aspect of that. You know, our mindset is what are the, what are our assumptions? What are our beliefs? What are our values? And that's, that's rolling in our mind all the time. And it's driving a lot of what we say or do. And if, I like to work with teams on mindset because if you can get a team to have recognize what their mindsets are around a particular project or a change or anything like that, then you can start to understand how there might be people on a team working across purposes. And it's not that yeah. we want to, of course, control anyone's mindset, but it's the idea of the team saying, hey, what would be the best mindset for all of us to adopt, generally speaking, as we move forward on this particular project? Something yeah, like and- yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is really a new dialogue, which is less of a hot button for people, too. You know, it's less of a hot button. Uh, and when we talk about mindset and the way that you phrase this, the role of mindset in conversation, what people then get to understand is, oh, wait a minute, mindset has a role. And so here we go, Claudette, my question, what is that role? <laughs> the role is that it is the way we, the way I say, at least you know, culture's driving what happens in organizations, whether aware, we are aware of it or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mindset is driving what we're doing in our co- conversations, our communications and actions throughout the day, whether we're aware of it or not, right? So it's, that's what the role of mindset is, is that if I have a, you know, mindset that's diametrically opposed to someone else's mindset in the conversation, and we're not, haven't thought about our mindsets or we haven't, don't have the self-awareness to, to connect to them, then we might have a conflict that didn't need to happen because we're just coming from such vastly different perspectives. No one's perspective is wrong. It's just that we're not, we haven't articulated and named that, hey, my perspective is this and your perspective is that. And if we knew that about each other, it'd be so much easier (laughs) to communicate and resolve this. 
Yeah. Uh, and, and isn't it less of a, um, a conflict uh, idea, right? If, if, you, if we sit down, it's almost as if we can talk about mindset as if it were not, quote, personal, right? Meaning that, listen, if we had a mindset of abundance, wow, mm-hmm. look at what we could do, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you help people understand this in a way where we're not judging? And this is really one of the keys. I mean, I know it's almost impossible not to judge, especially if we're talking about the day-to-day of culture. Um, But we're talking about, again, the decoding. But now we're talking about decoding of mindset, too. Or did I just make that up? (laughs) (laughs) We're we're, we're going along those lines. Absolutely. Right. Decoding of mindset. Yeah. 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 I think it's mindset will drive. So here's this is a very stark example. And I actually saw this. I think on YouTube or something just in the last week. And it was a a young woman, a college student, and it was really short. And she was holding up a sign that said, I need feminism because when I'm at college, I'm still being told how not to get raped. That's the message versus the message of don't rape, don't rape, which really should be, in my opinion, the message versus this is how to not get raped. So that's a very stark example, but we can see that if we take, you know, we take, move either of those mindsets forward, we can see what the actions and behaviors of each might be. And so in organizations, it's not usually that, that stark necessarily, or the consequences aren't that dire, but you have a mindset of, you know, team A's general mindset is, yeah, we're taking on this project, but we don't think it's really going to work and we don't want to do it already. Don't, I mean, my voice is losing energy just talking like that. And then we yeah, have another, exactly. another team that's saying, hey, you know what? This pro- We like this project. This is pretty interesting. It's going to be a really good challenge. We hope we can get it done, but we're going to give it our all. That team is going to produce a completely different result, most likely. Yeah. Mindset. It's really fascinating. We're talking about this because I was I, I shared something at a meeting the other day where I was called out by one of my table tennis uh, player buddies. And uh, I was reminded that there is a mindset that you can play to win or you can play not to lose. Oh, yeah. They're not the same. Right. They're not the same. Nope. And I had a woman who was, I think she's like 83 years old that was playing. Well, she was my partner playing. Mm -hmm. And she turned to me and she looked at me and she said, are you trying to win this game or are you just waiting for them to lose. And I thought, holy cow, Mm -hmm. what am I doing? I mean, I wasn't even that Mm self-aware, right? Mm -hmm. And and I looked at her and she said, I've seen you play. Why are you holding back? But Mm -hmm. that was my mindset, right? Mm -hmm. So doesn't mindset then lead to behavior? In my case, it did. I think mindset, yes, almost always leads to behavior, especially if you're, yeah. you haven't connected the dots and become aware of it at a particular time. Yeah, it, and that's true for all of us, that it, yeah, it will lead to behavior, just like my two-team example, right? Yeah. Team, team A that's not so enthused and doesn't think something's going to work. Yeah, they're going to do, their, their, their efforts might be half-hearted, they might be good enough, but they're not going to put in that extra effort, they're not going to be as observant, they're not going to problem solve as creatively, right? That's their behavior team B that's going to give it their all and have some positivity and optimism about it, they're going to be more open. They're going to be more creative. They're going to put more energy into it. And that will reflect in their behavior. Yeah. And your table tennis example is a great one. Yeah. Yeah. 
By the way, I'm going to be playing with her tomorrow. And I will never forget her face. I will never forget that statement. But isn't that a perfect example of how what you're talking about mindset, if we take the decoding piece, then we have that kind of feedback. I mean, I'm telling you, her face will forever be embedded in my mind. (laughs) I, I don't think I will get out there tomorrow and slack not one minute. And, you know, I don't think I'm an unusual example. Can't this really happen at work as well? Absolutely. I think it happens at Mm -hmm. work all the time. Mm -hmm. And one of the great things we could do in organizations is to train people on, teach people Mm -hmm. just to be aware of their mindset and what we're actually talking about. So they could tune into that throughout the day Mm. if they weren't sure. What is my mindset right now? Gosh, because I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm. It could be to the positive. I'm putting so much energy into this. I'm really passionate about it. What's my mindset? Learn from that. I'm not putting as much energy into this. What's my mindset? And learn from that. Yeah. Yeah. Fill fill up into this person. What's my mindset? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to talk about this when we come back. I mean, it, it doesn't matter what organization, Claudette, right, that you're working in now. The idea of deadline and working fast is not the anomaly anymore. I mean, this is really the norm. You know, there is little if or, or no tolerance for working slow these days. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm just really eager to hear from you when we come back is how do we integrate this in the organization? Because we're really talking about conversations, changing culture and changing the way we actually work, behave and show up. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back with Claudette Rally. Wow. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Uh, Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I'm telling you, I got to pinch myself some days because when each of us gets called to do something that we so not thought was in our wheelhouse to do for a purpose that's so much greater than us, we get to show up and shine. If you would like to show up and shine on the Dr. Pat Show as a co-host or sponsor, send us an email to inspire at thedrpatshow.com. Sky Siegel co-hosts one of today's most popular psychic shows, Angels and Answers, with Artie Hoffman as she communicates healing messages from the spirit world. These messages can be astounding, enlightening, and life-changing. Born with the God-given talent of inner guidance and the amazing ability to heal, Sky has healed thousands of people. Schedule a reading with Sky now. Call 908-500-1474 and visit skyofangels.com. Get into it for 2016. Do you want more prosperity, clarity, energy, and balance in your life? Join Lynn Brown now for one of her amazing workshops, each focusing on a key part of living your best life. For more information and to register for one of these amazing workshops, visit lynnbrownevent.com. That's lynnbrownevent.com. And get into it this 2016 with Lynn Brown. What is a brilliant culture? And how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you design a culture that is authentic, innovative, and successful. 
Learn how to create change with Cultural Brilliance Radio, the DNA of organizational excellence and Claudette Rowley. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit ClaudetteRowley.com. How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. Every day we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health. Contact me now at MaryJaneMack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit MaryJaneMack.com. Holistic Medical Center is where you find it all. A healthy space with doctors who care, see, and listen to the whole you. Hi, this is Dr. Darvish. If you have not found an answer to your chronic symptoms, you will find answers here at Holistic Medical Center. Our doctors find the root cause of your symptoms and guide your body towards healing naturally. We transform lives from within. Visit drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. You're listening to Cultural Brilliance Radio, the DNA of organizational excellence with Claudette Rowley. I'm Dr. Pat. I get to have these conversations with Claudette each and every time. I'm really excited to be talking with her and having conversations that actually matter. Real talk for real change is what we're talking about today. Uh, And as we said before, today is the launch. Uh, You want to find out what's being launched by Claudette? Go to culturalbrilliance.com. Lots more to come about that. Um, What a great topic for today. And I know we're going to talk about ways to change the conversation and organization. I don't know that, that an organization these days, Claudette, can really afford not to change the conversation. I mean, I'd love to hear what you, what you think about that and how now you're being asked to come into organizations to help with this. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think organizations can afford to not address this either because yeah. it really costs them so much. <laughs> it could be cost them on their bottom line, right? Dollars and cents, certainly lost talent, people walking out the door, knowledge walking out the door, and all of that eventually boils down boils down to money. Um, and then we also have this, you know, the simple fact too, of how do we want to treat people in organizations? Do we want to treat them with respect? Do we want to have really important conversations in ways that are respectful and honoring of each other? Absolutely. Mm. Um, how do we do this? What are some of the ways to change? Well, some of the things we've been talking in bits and pieces throughout the whole show about this and pulling it together there are really three three things that are coming to mind for me. One is is the listening that we've talked about. It's, and sometimes people will say to me, my organizational culture is so dysfunctional. You know, this is so entrenched in certain ways. And I don't know how I can, as one person, make a difference. So the first two tips I'm going to share are really are th- ways that no matter what kind of culture you have or where you are in the organization, you can you can really use these. And one is to become an absolutely great listener. You could try mm-hmm. to decode your culture by listening. You could become a great listener in a meeting. You, someone that you maybe, I'm going to make this up. You have a manager that you really don't like or someone you always you know, butt heads with. Maybe you change your perspective and just simply listen in a neutral way to them and see what happens. See what mm-hmm. happens. 
how does it change you? Because sometimes what a lot of the research on conflict resolution talks about is that in many cases, we only need to change ourselves and then the conflict itself will start shifting and changing in positive ways. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of power in changing how, how the stance we're adopting, the mindset we have, how we're listening, the quality of that. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's huge. What are some of the, the obstacles? And, and, and usually we use language like, uh, you know, resistance, stuckness. I mean, there's just a lot of words to describe what happens when here we are and we're talking about these things that someone can do, an organization can do. And we run into the situation where even after sharing, these are the things you can do. It just doesn't happen. How do you help define what these barriers are? Maybe we can talk about that a little bit. It's more, you know, the barriers are typically there and most people will know what the barriers are. So when people are looking at that or they'll bring up, you know, Claudette, there's just so many barriers. I come back, I typically come back to listening. I'll also come back to the the second, uh, second tip I wanted to share, which is get really curious, get really curious. And a perspective of curiosity is, is much more powerful than it might sound. Here's why. If you think about it, we cannot, our brains cannot hold curiosity and judgment simultaneously. So if mm-hmm. I'm really curious, even if I don't personally like someone, right, if I just get really curious about them and I listen to them and I ask them some good questions and I'm just curious about where they're coming from, like, why is this important to them? What would they like to see happen next? You know, is there any way that I could be helpful to them? Anything like that. And I listen to them and I'm really curious. I can't judge them in that particular moment. And it makes my mind open way up from adopting yeah. a perspective of curiosity. And yeah. I start to understand too. So it's not just a nice thing to do. It's actually really a practical thing to do because I start to understand then what's important to this other person. And maybe I've been making assumptions about them. What's some pain yeah. that they might be having? What's going well for them? What can I learn from them? What can I learn about them? It's, it's a really, yeah. it's, and you can do that in a meeting. I mean, there are lots of easy ways you can, you can fold that into your day. Wow. Uh, I think that we're talking about something so important right now because you're right. I mean, we're emailing each other, we're texting each other and you and I actually experienced this, right? Yeah. You know, as we were doing the website and I would be typing a little note to you and then you'd be typing it back. And then, uh, and, and, and then I would say, okay, I'm not sure I understand it, you, you know, and, and then we would pick up the phone and actually call and I'd find that, yeah, I didn't understand. Um, but it, it's so simple to do that if we can put aside all of these things that might come up. Are you going to think I'm smart enough? Are you going to think, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When we bring those things into the game it really does become difficult for people to show up as their best. And mm-hmm. isn't that what we're attempting to do here? Yeah, is at people showing up at their best. And I think part of that too is, is having a general perspective that most people are fairly well-intentioned. Mm-hmm. So of course, we all know there are exceptions to that. But, but generally speaking, that most people are fairly well-intentioned. So if one starts thinking, am I smart enough? What is he or she thinking of me and all that? Maybe putting that aside and just think, you know what? We're two people communicating and we have different styles. And so if it gets confusing or frustrating, we'll just pick up the phone. 
and leave it there, right? With, without all the other thoughts and, and the perspective of curiosity can help, I think can help, yeah. help you stay there in a more neutral place, help one stay there in a more neutral place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and have some humor about it too. Humor, can help. <laughs> playfulness can help, uh, you know, making a joke out of it as long as it's, you know, someone's, you know, open to, open to humor at a particular time. Uh, yeah. For a lot of people that works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, for people where they don't think it works, it actually does work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most of the time. <laughs> it, it does. Now you work with individuals as well as working with teams. Is there a difference in how you go about this or, or are, are sort of the parameters pretty much the same, except that you might go about it differently? How does that work for you? Yeah, it's, it's fairly similar. You know, if I'm teaching, working with a team, uh, you know, could be teaching them skills. Maybe we're doing team development. Maybe they're the leadership team in an organization that's working on their culture, whatever it might be. You know, it's inter- you have to work with the team itself so they are a good working entity. And then you still have to start working with how the team is interacting with other teams or other departments within the organization. But a lot of the same basic premises apply, you know, what I'm working with an individual on. A lot of times I'm just working with eight individuals on, right, or looking at them as a working in a system, you know, an entity that works together. So it just adds more nuance to it and more layers. But it's pretty it's pretty similar. Oh, yeah. What a great show. Uh, first of all, you know, congratulations Thank you. on the work that you do and congratulations on bringing cultural brilliance to the, to the forefront. And I know we're going to be sharing much, much more about it. Um, I wanted to ask you uh, this in the couple of minutes we have left, you know, after today's show and after launching this, I'm sure that this has been an interesting journey. I'd love to know what your personal message is for everyone listening to this. A, uh, that has an idea that they'd like to launch. And then also about today's conversation about uh, about conversations. Mm, yeah. Well, to the first one, I mean, it is, like you said, it's been a journey, but it's been, it's been very exciting and exhilarating. And, you know, when you're putting something out in the, to the world that you're passionate about and is, you know, you're passionate about it because you feel like you have something to contribute to it that really makes all the difference. And then having a great team around you, like Dr. Pat's been an awesome team member for me, you know, having a great team you're working with uh, also makes all the difference because you can't really do it all alone. Yeah. Yeah. And the second piece to it in terms of, you know, the message today for the show is, is that you can't, I may have said this earlier, but you cannot change what you cannot talk about. And I bring that up because I see in organizations literally all the time. We're going to try to change this, but we're not talking about it with the right people. <sighs> and that could be a whole show in and of itself, but you I, I, I think so. not talk about yep. So if you're thinking we want to change this, but we can't talk about it. I encourage anyone thinking that to, to actually rethink that. Okay. We will need to talk about it. How can we talk about it? And who needs to be part of that conversation? I love it. Okay, I think we have it. I think we're just building these show topics out. Claudette Rowley, everyone, for those of you out there, check it out culturalbrilliance.com. And remember, we've got lots more to come. Please make sure you contact Claudette. Even if you're not exactly sure what she can do to help you, she will help you get some clarity about that. Stay tuned, everyone. More coming up on Transformation Talk Radio. You've been listening to the hit show Cultural Brilliance Radio, the DNA of organizational excellence with Claudette Rowley. 
conversations that are transforming the world of culture and business. You can download this podcast and find out more about Claudette and her breakthrough work at ClaudetteRowley.com. Please contact Claudette and find out how you can create a brilliant culture.